0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sharon Stevens. In the wide and varied world of entertainment, there are stand-up comedy shows, there are author readings, and then there's the literary reading comedy mashup. That's how the staff of the St. Louis-based literary magazine Boulevard is billing next week's three writers and a comedian event at the Schlafly Tap Room. St. Louis-based comedian Tina Dibon and local writers Christopher Candace and Gabe Montessati, each have a part in the celebration, and they join me in the studio. Tina, Chris, Gabe, welcome.
1: Thank you hey. so much.
0: Nice to have you. Uh, Tina, let's start with you. Um, most of us probably think of comedy and literary scenes as two very different worlds, but you're combining forces to bring it all together next Tuesday. You're gonna be the MC, I understand. And uh, we'd like to know, what can attendees expect from the event?
2: Well, um, I think that it will be the maybe the first time we ever put this together. Don't you think?
0: <laughs> but not the last.
2: Yeah. No. <laughs> um, I I will be doing comedy at some point throughout the night, and other than that, I'll just kind of be emceeing and making it go smoothly for the writers.
0: Okay. And, yeah. And folks are gonna have fun. Yes. Yes. Of course. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. <laughs> Great. All right, Chris, as an up-and-coming St. Louis writer yourself, what's it like for you <clears throat> excuse me, to know award-winning novelist Wykey Wang, who's coming to town and sharing the stage with you? And what do you think makes Wang a perfect fit as the headliner for this literary comedy mashup?
3: Well, uh, Wykey, uh, her first novel, Chemistry, was... Uh super successful it won the pen hemingway award which is awarded to the best debut novel of the year and also won a whiting award which uh annually honors 10 writers uh in fiction nonfiction, poetry and drama and the past winners of the pen hemingway have gone on to to achieve great success so you have writers like colson whitehead zizi packer and and george saunders were past uh recipients of that award uh and you know Saunders, especially, is known for being a humorous uh, but also a serious writer, and I think uh, Waikie falls into that category.
0: Okay, thank you, Gabe. I understand you are currently finishing your first full th- full-length memoir yes. about the phenomenon of roller derby yes (laughs) and that some of your writing recently earned you boulevard's inaugural prize for nonfiction writing Mm -hmm. what is it about roller derby that's captured your writing imagination and how does humor inform your writing
1: Mm, when i came to st louis for my mfa uh, i wasn't even i had been a competitive athlete my whole life but i had never uh Skated. Um, But I knew within about six months of joining the team that it was something very special that I needed to write about um, because it was forming my life in so many uh, very pivotal ways. Um, And then obviously. We laugh constantly on the track together. Um, people kind of think of it as a as a dangerous, uh, rough and tumble type sport, but we we are each other's biggest support systems, and we do have hilarious names. Everybody picks their own derby name. Which What's pon- yours? Mine's Jonah Spark. Um, yeah, kind of <laughs> warping that Catholic childhood I was raised with. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's something so special. Uh, there was no way not to write about it. Okay, and is everybody okay with that? What do you mean, the people on my team? Yeah. They're listening right now, so I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I i bet they let us know. <laughs> okay, Tina, back to you. You are officially, based on a competition that was held last year, the funniest person in St. Louis. Now, mm-hmm. does that feather in your cap at pressure as a comedian? Um. <sighs> I guess a bit,
2: but I think that it's validation when you win it, you know, but then afterwards you're like, okay, on to the next thing. What's next? You know, Like how do I peel that next layer back and get better as a comedian, you know? So yeah, I mean, I I think sometimes I do get a little stressed out about (laughs) it, but it's not like every day I wake up and I'm like, okay, gotta be the
0: funniest person in the world today, (laughs) you know? I mean, are you looking forward to the day that you're doing, say, late night TV? Yes, of course. And uh, yeah, I mean,
2: it's something I dream of, you know. Every time I get to see another comedian do late night, I'm like, you know, there's that little girl me that's like, okay, I cannot wait to do this. Like, what am I going to wear when I do that? What am I going to eat that day? I don't know.
0: (laughs) I can do this. Yes. All right. You know, I'd like to know something from all three of you. Um, about humor and writing uh, coming together. Um, What's your writing process like for stand-up Tina since we're starting with you here and then you Chris and Gabe will just go around.
2: Sure, Um, so a lot of my writing process goes from me just kinda having something that makes me laugh and I usually put a note in my phone about it and then I I kinda just start workshopping from there and it kind of—I feel like bits always start out really large for me, and then I whittle them down, you know, mm-hmm. through the editing process of like, okay, what part of this is funny, and do I need to take out these extra words? How do I make this idea that I'm trying to portray the
0: the joke that I want it to be? You know. Is it still funny after you've read it aloud 50 times? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um. Yes, of course, but it's it definitely gets to be where I, I want it to be. I I have to say it the way that, like I'm saying it for the first time, you know? I can't go on stage and say like a joke that I've done multiple times in this sad, morose we'll know. way. Yes, you will.
0: <laughs> Everyone will. <laughs> okay, thank you, Chris.
3: Um. So One one of the things I think about when... I'm thinking about the writing process is something that Virginia Woolf wrote in one of her letters, and it's very short. says that writing is still like heaving bricks over a wall, and that was after she'd already written three novels. So I kind of feel, I think about that a lot. Um, I think as someone who teaches, I teach at the uh, MFA program at Lindenwood and also writes, I've had trouble balancing those two, and it seems like in recent years I've finally figured out how to uh to balance teaching and and writing and just uh you know living and uh as far as that, my actual process mine is very time consuming so I I still write longhand first on yellow legal pads and I type that up and sometimes I'll print that out and go back and you know write on top of the printouts and then I might even go back to the writing longhand and so lots of drafts lots of revisions and uh at, at a certain point, I can't stand to look at anymore. And then I send it out to to various places. So. Well, I'm no Chris Candace, but I do that <laughs> longhand
0: thing too. I have to, yeah. <laughs> you know, old habits die hard. Mm-hmm. What about you, Gabe?
1: Um, well, I never set out with the intention of writing something funny, and it always kind of comes as a surprise to me when people laugh uh, as I read my work. Um, but I think that I definitely lean toward dark comedy, uh, like gallows humor, Um, my primary goal is to, it's always just to write something real, um, and something that doesn't shy away from taboo subjects, uh, or the things that most women, and especially queer women, have kind of been disallowed from writing, um. Yeah, I write about my body, you know, which, which isn't small. Um, my family, of course, and then you know, seeking a contact sport, a dangerous sport like roller derby, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which kind of follows a model that was set for me growing up, but uh, is something that I can reclaim you know, in my own life as my own self.
0: What does your family think?
1: Um, well, they don't know. <laughs> they they were not very happy when I pursued an MFA, and especially uh, when I told them that I was I was doing nonfiction. Um, my family uh, I come from a working class family, uh, so they didn't really know what that meant. Um, they didn't really support uh, me going, you know, onto graduate school. They thought I should be getting a job. Um, but I hope I hope they're proud one day. You know. Okay.
0: Gabe and Chris, you you each have nonfiction work that has appeared in Boulevard and Natural Bridge literary magazines, which have partnered on the Three Writers and a Comedian event. So there are a lot of literary magazines. What makes these two particularly stand out in your minds?
3: Um, I think uh, I've I've been in Natural Bridge twice, and they seem to be very willing to to take risk. In terms of uh, experimental writing or stylistically uh, innovative writing, and uh, they are uh, very much open to to things like uh, creative nonfiction essay. That is basically my essay is basically like an inflated book review of William Gass's novel *The Tunnel*, but it goes in all sorts of different directions into personal stuff and uh, ph- philosophical stuff. So uh that's that's kind of uh how i see that that
1: journal mm-hmm. okay and for boulevard um this is this marks the <laughs> 35 years of continuous publication for boulevard so it's a big year um the 100th ep- or the 100th uh, edition just came out the 100th issue um And even though it was founded in New York, uh, it moved to St. Louis and it's become such an integral part of the literary community here. Um, It's sold at Left Bank and Subterranean and um, just uh, the the current editor, Jessica Rogan, Rogan, uh, does such a good job not keeping it just on the page and allows it to sort of permeate into the community in a really lovely way.
0: Okay, good. Tina, what do people need to know about Tuesday's event? come ready to laugh. Maybe
2: cry. I might be the one to make them cry. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that it's going to be a really cool showcase of two sects of art that people don't usually see together, you know, like a stand-up comedian and writer. So I think I think it'll be a really interesting uh, way to blend two communities that otherwise may have not been blended. Okay.
0: And what makes you think that that people really want to see that kind of a mashup?
2: Well, I think there's something vulnerable in stand up and in writing. And it all is something original that we've written. So I think that the vulnerability makes it fun and easy to laugh at and kind of
0: understand, you know? You know, one thing that um, comedians and writers probably all have in common is some sort of rejection, just comes with the territory. Can each of you talk a little bit about how you, you know, kind of make it through the, the less fun stuff that comes with humor and writing.
1: I'm I'm lucky to have a really uh, strong community uh, of writers, and we make a game of it. Um, one of the things that we were doing this year was to see who could get a hundred rejections, um, and that was a <laughs> that's to, a thing. Oh yeah, and I'm very competitive. I wanted to win the hundred rejections, um, so it reframes that idea of what failure, uh, you know, looks like, and and makes the rejections not something to be, you know, ashamed of, but as part of the process.
3: Yeah, my my uh, my students are sometimes afraid to actually start submitting because they're worried about rejection. And I always tell them the worst thing that can happen to you is is a form rejection. You know, where sorry to inform you, we can't take your piece. Um, very, I've heard maybe one or two times where something nasty has come back, but that's very very rare. And so, with that, you know, in mind. It's, uh, it's it's never anything personal. It doesn't necessarily mean that the writing is bad. It just might not be a good fit for wherever you're sending it. And so I also have hundreds of rejections in comparison to acceptances. And at a certain point, it just becomes part of the the business, I guess, or, or the game of, of trying to get published. There's lots of great writers out there. And there's only so many journals, so many publishers publishing books every year. And so you just, you know, you send out as much good stuff as you can and you sort of just hope for the best because once you send it out, that's not in your control. You can only control what uh, your writing is as you're working on it. And, you know, after that, there there is a bit of luck involved too. And so I try to remind my students about about that, so. It's
0: not like somebody's going to come hunt them down to (laughs) give them the bad news or something. No,
3: nobody's banging on my door for -hmm. for my writing yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tina, how about you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of rejection comes with this art like it can be from your family it can be especially with stand-up I get rejection on stage in that moment sometimes if a joke that I'm working on doesn't land you know and then there's been countless festivals that I haven't been accepted to and I mean but there's a lot of things that I have gotten and I think it is important to have a group of people that share your struggle as an artist and get to you know build each other up and you know, so it's it's really it's it can be tough, but if you're not ready to deal with it, then you're you're kind
0: of you know you're you're out. It's not going to happen. Good luck to all of Thank you. you. Thank you. you very much for coming in. I appreciate it. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks. Hope it works out for you. And uh, I think that's all the time we have for today. So we are thanking our guests, Tina DeBall, Christopher Candis and Gabe Montesanti for joining us. Thanks again for being here. Thanks. Appreciate it. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.